are on day, what, 40 of this uh, coronavirus shutdown. I don't know what, what day it is, but it's been ridiculous. And we don't know how much longer it's going to last, but so many new things are coming out. We, we are reaching the point, and this is a bizarre thing. I, I, I had pointed this out on Facebook, Ari, where you've got the whole notion was to flatten the curve, right? That, that's the notion of preventing the spread in such a way that we don't overwhelm our hospitals. It wasn't to stop infections, um, but it was to minimize them so that we can get our hospitals up and ready to rock and roll uh, in anticipation of the onslaught of new patients, right? Okay, well, mission accomplished. The hospitals are now wanting for patients. There are plenty of empty beds and everything else. And uh, still, they say, no, no, we got to keep it closed. Like, well, wait a minute. You, the mission has been accomplished. Well, it was, but, you know, the mission may have changed according to the Marxist Oh, plan. you don't say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you don't say. Yeah. In fact, you're so right because the hospitals are so open for business and empty. Our healthcare providers are spending their time doing singing and dance routines on TikTok. The Chinese video, yeah, social media. App. Uh, yeah, don't I That's know about how TikTok. free My they are. Very involved on TikTok. She loves that. Anyway, the, the, you're 100 percent right about that. And it's not only that, but they're laying off medical professionals because of guess what? Coronavirus. Oh no! Crisis! <laughs> crisis! As usual, they get the numbers totally wrong, and they get the the anticipation is always off. Um, and, and America is different than Italy. I mean, I think what they saw was that Italy was in such dire straits and they were overwhelmed. And they, you know, we're two weeks away from Italy and we're going to have people dying in the streets. And so, you know, there's a huge effing difference between us and Italy. Not the least of which is that they are a socialist country that wouldn't know how to privatize uh, the making of ventilators and, and otherwise uh, if their lives depended on it, literally. And that's where we are. America, by contrast, uh, is very responsive to the needs of the country. And when private industry gets involved, as they have here, they suddenly are able to rock and roll with manufacturing all sorts of great things. It's no, it was no surprise to me or to you at the end of the day. But look, um, one of the major things that has come out, and you and I have predicted this, we thought it was very clear from the evidence that <clears throat> this virus um, almost certainly, they're, they're not 100% sure yet, but the genetic, genetic markers have made it very clear, have come from a bio lab in Wuhan. Okay, no surprise. To us, it was no surprise. Um, it, the, and the reason why we said that it was no surprise is, is very simple. The reaction of the Chinese government to the virus that they had, and they, you know, we did know about this, that there was a spread of this virus in Wuhan, the, the viciousness and the cruelty with which they responded to this virus suggested that they knew something was more dramatic about this virus or more concerning at the very least about this virus than what was let on. Yeah. And, and to that point, the Chinese being the racist that they are shut down internal tra travel within China, to in and out of the Wuhan, uh, Hubei province. Right. They understood. They that. were <laughs> such racists, like, like Trump, they did that. But what they didn't do, because they're diverse right. and woke, 
is they allowed Hubei and Wuhan province travel between that part of China and the rest of the world. That was (laughs) okay. Exactly right. It was so weird. And then they said, go forth, my Chinese brethren. (laughs) Be fruitful and and multiply. Exactly. (laughs) Lech lecha, you know, as they say in the... Go for it. Just so you know, listeners, we don't find it funny. We're wryly laughing at yes, the dark humor. irony of this. Dark humor at the very best. It's, it's tragic. It, it, it is so tragic. And, and no matter how you slice it, are you saying that? Are you engaging some sort of conspiracy theory, Barack? Yes. That, 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 that they purposely did this. Not only did they purposely create a virus, but also purposefully spread the virus. Yes. <laughs> well, no, that, that, of course, is the worst case scenario. But uh, even under the best case scenario, which would be, well, you know, we brought in a bat and it was a natural virus and we had control of it, but then we lost control of it and then it spread throughout Wuhan and, you know, the rest is history, as we all know. Uh, Not quite. Uh, It's pretty bad as it is because we now know that the Chinese government did everything they could to hide the actual information regarding the spread of the virus the way that it, it worked, um, and of course, killing off and disappearing certain scientists and other people who knew what was really going on, sealing off apartments, uh, putting people in white, you know, small white boxes. It was weird. Yeah, welding doors shut. Yeah, uh, I mean, th- these are ideas only Gavin Newsom would come up with. <laughs> now, th- now, listen, don't go so extreme. I mean, that you know, what I'm the, sorry, Gretchen Whitmer. What the Chinese did was wrong, but comparing them to Gavin Newsom, that is. That is too far, all right? This is a children's show. I'm sorry. I'll go to my diversity um, sensitivity training. Thank you. And, Thank that's and all repent. I okay, so, so you have, you know, this, this situation is really fraught with all sorts of questions that, that, that need to be answered at the end of the day. But it was no surprise to us, all right? We, we knew something was up. Shanghai and, and uh, Beijing didn't have uh, this massive spread, it, and it still hasn't had this massive spread compared to what, what, what happened in Italy, what happened in New York, what happened to anywhere. I mean, you know, being in uh, Beijing, would, we would have been better off from a, an infection point of view than, than had we been in uh, New Orleans. You're better off being in Beijing right now. And guess what? The restaurants are open. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, you can go to McDonald's there and eat in the place. Except if you're black. I so. didn't want to mention that, but yes. <laughs> in Wuhan. <laughs> oh, man, it's just awful. Anyway, so look, so I post this thing about the flattening of the curve business, right? And I said, aren't we done? You know, I mean, have, oh, Barack, have you know, liberals cheap? never give you the score. No, of course not. So I, I write to the effect of, um, you know, wasn't this supposed to be to flatten the curve? And now that we flatten the curve, you know, that, that we should be able to be open for business, and we should uh, release this uh, stay-at-home order. And uh, and then, then I wrote hashtag moving the goalposts. Now it seems to be that they want to uh, have a stay there for the purpose of, you know, stopping this virus altogether and not having any infections whatsoever. Well, no, it, it's worse than that, can, if I may. Well, if well, you no, 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 this is this well, is the well, point well, I no, want to make, I, and I want to get don't, your... I don't want to go there yet. You do, okay, I don't want to go fine. there yet. I'm going somewhere else, Ari. As usual, Ari hijacks this point. I'm simply. Let, let me get to my point. You're lucky I let you be on my show. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> that, that's hijacking. Yes. I, that, that, the word of the day is hijacking. hijacking. Don't worry. We're taking this plane to Newark. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, the Simpsons when, when, uh, Lisa has a pen pal in some communist country that, that has been overrun 
well, not a communist, but, but a country that's been over by the communist dictators. And so she's reading the letter, you know, and, and as usual, it's, you know, the voice from the little girl is being read as, as she's reading it, right? Lisa, I fear for my safety that the, the government oppressors are coming in and they're going to be taking over. And then, and then you hear this voice like, there is nothing wrong whatsoever that's happening. Assigned little girl. <laughs> anyway, that's the hijacking that Ari is now engaging in. Thank you. Uh, so, so I, I send this post off on Facebook, and it was really interesting how they they immediately go to just saying, "How many grandmas are you willing to sacrifice, Barack?" That sort of thing. Have you ever met my grandma? All of them. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know what that means, but we're going to go forward. So, so we, so I ask very simply, what you know? I, that's not the point of my post, and and they just derailed and they went all over the place. And as usual, as we often say on the Brockler Show, when you're a conservative, you will find that when you're arguing with lefties, especially lefties, that sixty to seventy percent of what you are saying is telling the lefty what you didn't say, what you're not encouraging, what you're not, uh, what, what you never said in the first place. It's like, no, I don't believe in killing grandma, right? No, I, I'm not saying that uh, deaths are good or that viruses are good somehow, right? I mean, that's what you en- end up doing all the time as a conservative, saying what you didn't say. And I, and I put it to you, it, from my perspective, it's, a, it's at least between 60 and 70% of what you are saying when you're arguing. No, I didn't say that. What I am saying is X, right? That's, isn't, have you noticed yeah, that? Yeah, but you see, you didn't learn the lesson I've been trying to teach you. You don't, to everyone out there, don't bother doing that. Just call them racist. The derailment. No, I'm just saying, you know, there's, there's no, once you get into that, you can't win anyway. Of course, so, of course. No, you I, know. I understand. But it was just emblematic of what was, I'm, I'm simply talking about that. So, so that's the flattening of the curve issue. Uh, we also talked about how this is no doubt, and in my mind, no doubt coming from the lab. And we need to learn from this. Then we've got the situation of the World Health Organization, the WHO, uh, that uh, Trump pulled all the funding from, which I, I applaud him. I think he, you know, it's a, it's a horrible organization that is uh, highly politicized, has its own anti-American agenda, a very pro-Chinese agenda. And then uh, they say, oh, my gosh, well, it's a terrible thing that they, they pulled out funding because, you know, the World Health Organization does so much good. Yeah. Really? Can you, can you please tell me what good you, you actually do do? Because this the whole thing with the coronavirus seemed pretty crappy to me. Right. They, and the, the, our opponents will just say, but World and Health is in the name. And they're an organization. <laughs> yeah, so right. they must be good. But the way to really look at them, if you want to, is yeah. just think of them as <clears throat> the UN's version of anti-Semitic doctors. Yes. That's all they are. Yes. <laughs> Okay, that's a good point. Right? I mean, it's the UN. That's it, with a different name. Yeah, isn't that interesting? By the way, one thing I wanted to run by you is Trump essentially, if you will, said you're fired to the who uh, a couple days ago. He did something so fascinating that I think was completely missed by most people uh, on the – at that moment. It was one of the first press conferences Mm -hmm. he did in which he didn't have Fauci – or the scarf girl speak. <laughs> did you notice that? Yes, I did notice. He that. he said, "I'm flying this one solo. Sit down, shut up." Right. What quacks? Right. I'm handling this right, one. Right. All right. So, uh, an interesting dynamic, of course, as always. But here here are some questions. And you know, we on the Brock Lurie show always believe that you have to ask questions. Questions are more important than the answers. 
uh, we talked about math before. On my Sunday show, I talked about math. And the question is, what is the death rate? That's a huge question. And within that are questions themselves. Um, then here's another question. What number of deaths, we know that there are going to be deaths and poverty and horrific things that happen as a result of the quarantining and the stay-at-home orders and the total uh, uh, closure of all businesses. We know that that's going to happen. What number of deaths, in other words, uh, collateral deaths, uh, are you willing to live with, my lefty friends, in order to maintain this, this closure? In other words, how many people starve to death? How many people kill themselves? How many people beat their wives to death or get murdered or murder right. because of all the other things you're doing to fight this deaths over here? Right, exactly and, right. And flatten the curve. Oh, flatten yeah. the curve. Flatten <laughs> the curve. Flatten the curve. Sounds right. It, it, it makes it you, – you feel so sophisticated when you say that phrase, right? Flatten oh, the curve. it's social distancing and yes. uh, 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 being alone together. These politically correct tripes – I want to that know what right. the acceptable death rate is of that because I'm going to die of, of politically correct poisoning serum in my bloodstream sooner or later because <laughs> of this. I know. So anyway, let, let me, let me uh, move forward with this because questions are very important and more important than answers. So what is that death rate? What, what, and what, how many deaths are you going to be uh, agreeable to apparently? Because, and then third, have you even thought that there might be consequences, death consequences as a result of all the quarantining and all, all the destruction of the economy and so forth. Have you thought about that in the first place? I don't think a lot of our lefty friends have even thought about that. Yeah, how many old people are going to die in their apartments alone and be discovered in a year because Mrs. Beasley wasn't able to take her little walk around the block for a month? Yeah, right. exactly right. Or, or the nurse never came because, uh, you know, because of coronavirus. Yeah. So that, that's kind of cute. I mean, there are a lot of lonely elderly patients out there who uh, really rely on their, you know, visiting angels, as the uh, commercial goes. Uh, and I don't know whether these nice visiting angels, that it's a great organization, whether they go to these people anymore, because uh, it's so dangerous to do so. At least, you know, the, the argument goes. Um, I, I spoke to um, an elderly couple the other day about this, and, you know, the, both, the, both of them wanted to take a walk. And I said, how long have you been in quarantine? They're, they're in New York, by the way. How long have you been in quarantine? Uh, the, uh, the woman said, five weeks. Okay? And I said, whoa, five weeks and you've, I mean, you, you've not gone out of your apartment whatsoever? No, I've not gone out of the apartment whatsoever, have not even opened the door to get to the elevator, uh, haven't even gone down to the lobby. I, I've not only not left the building, I've not left my apartment. So I said, that's madness. And especially a lot of these places don't even allow you to open windows, right? So you can't even get fresh air. And uh, I, I said, that's just insanity. Um, so I, I think, look, I, far be it from me to tell you to go out and take a walk, you know, lest you get coronavirus. I don't want to be that person that said something and then boom, you, you know, you're, you're a big girl, you're a big boy, you make your own decisions. But I ask you to look at this as an equation, the, the, the actual certainty that you will go stir crazy and depressed by staying in your apartment for another, what, two, three weeks, five, another five weeks, maybe, maybe 
Five months for all, for all you know. According to Garcetti, twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's ten months uh, away. You're going to stay in that in in house arrest, you know, self imposed house arrest uh, until twenty twenty one. That that's madness. Like you, nobody could possibly accept that, and you know that you couldn't. Uh, that clearly would would destroy your psych psychic well being. Yeah, versus it'll drive you insane. Versus the going out, taking a walk. Yes, you know, keeping your distance from other people if you want. Um, you know, wearing a mask if you want, and just taking a walk around the block, you know, and, and the the very minor risk, even at your elderly age, of capture, you know, uh, being infected by this coronavirus. Um, what do you think? And she said, "I like that. I, I think that's a very good reason." I mean, you will certainly go nuts. Yeah. Versus the chances of you getting this coronavirus. Uh, yeah, we're not. You're not outside. saying for her to go on a subway or go in a restaurant right. or touch surfaces. Just walk. Put on gloves. Put on a mask. Put on sunglasses and just walk. Right. That's and don't all. touch anything. Yep. Including the elevator buttons. And then after you get up to the, your house again, after going to the elevator, throw away the gloves. Right. And wash your hands. Right. And guess what? Everything's gonna be okay. It, it truly is. And and by the way, even if she were to get, God forbid, infected or or he. Then uh, you know the chances of them dying are still very slim. Yeah, and then there's hydroxychloroquine, yes. which will solve all your problems if the unthinkable happens. Okay, so that leads me to my next question, which is, uh, thank you for the the segue. Uh, what about hydroxychloroquine? Why why are people so few people talking about this as though that is just not on the table to talk about? And and worse yet, if you do talk about it, that somehow you are uh, a denier like a global warming denier, right? So you must uh, think that uh, this virus is not real if you think hydrochloroquine is an answer to your, to your questions. Uh, why, why aren't people asking that question? I have the answer, and it's bad. Bill Gates is behind a plan of, this is absolutely true, mass sterilizations through vaccinations. Okay, they want to vaccinate, get everyone on a vaccine that they eventually develop, except the vaccine isn't going to do what they say. And hydroxychloroquine, excuse my French, but we've been speaking in French the last few weeks on, we the, on my show, the Barack Lurie show. You mean like phrases like c'est la vie, sacre yeah. bleu. Uh, and uh, what the fuck. Uh, anyway, the reason all of the powers that be and, it, and this is absolutely true, have been shitting all over hydroxychloroquine is because, if you will, it fucks up their shit. What's their shit? A plan to get everyone injected with a vaccine that will sterilize them. Okay. I know that sounds nuts, but it does sound Bill, nuts. Gates, Bill Gates, working with this guy <laughs> oh, no one ever heard of named Anthony Fauci, has a vaccination project they unrolled in India and in Kenya a few years ago. Oh, the yeah. side effect of the vaccines that they gave women in these countries was sterilization. Okay. All right. So let me. So uh, let that's me, the plan. Yeah. Let me. Uh, you know, that's very interesting. All right. Let me pull away for a second to talk to our listeners. Just a second. Okay. That was nuts. Okay, I was yeah. right about Barack Obama all those years ago, and I'm right now. <laughs> all right. Now. Okay. 
There's a lot of things you... But that's the reason right. they crap on hydroxychloroquine. You uh, asked the question too early in the show. That, <laughs> I was saving that for later. I wanted you to ask about why the orders went from flattening the curve to less specific things like I know, uh, therapeutics, I know. but... Okay, okay, you well, went there. Okay, no, no. Blame me, yeah. I, yeah, no, well, I'm no. blaming you for the, the hydrochloric feel early in the show, but it's a good subject. I'm, I, I'm supposed to know you're going to throw this massive conspiracy it was, theory on me? It's not on a conspiracy. It was, in your, okay. it was in your pre-show briefing. Okay, so, no, it was not. <laughs> you didn't read your email. You did see the memo. No, I didn't. Okay. Everyone else read the memo. You didn't read the memo. <sighs> I, I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> You're not allowed to work right now, so who cares? That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> Put right. on your mask. So, so moving on, moving on. The, the question is, and putting aside your vaccination conspiracy issue, uh, the, the, the fact that they don't want hydrochloroquine, I have a more simple answer to that, and that is that uh, they want this, uh, the deaths to continue on. Well, they, they want they, the they economic want, crisis. They, they want the economic crisis to continue on because the longer it lasts, the more uh, difficult it will be to... Um, to to uh, get out of it, and they can proclaim that socialism will be the answer because you know socialism is government. Government always saves the day, and as usual, that's their answer, go to answer for every problem or crisis that might exist. And when the rubber meets the road, so to speak, well, then um, uh, government is is the answer. And look look how capitalism has failed us. That that's what that's the narrative that they want to push as we go forward on this. Uh, hydrochloroquine is a threat to that. Uh, potential narrative. Yeah, it's a cure. It solves this whole problem yeah. like now. That's right. And then they don't have this to take them to the election and to the day of uh, Biden's uh, inauguration. And then the economy magically recovers once St. Biden and uh, Governor Whitmer take office and all, right. all is so, right in the world, you know. So so there are more questions that, that we need to ask. The question is about how um, they, how do they reconcile all the arguments. I mean, they want to point fingers at uh, Trump for not immediately knowing the devastation that was going to happen uh, in January, even though he did close off the, all the flights from China, and they called them racist for doing so. And all these various different governors and mayors who decided that this was uh, not right to exclude people from Mardi Gras, from uh, Chinese New Year celebrations, and so forth, and, and hugging the Chinese, no less. Um, so... At what point will they acknowledge that there is wrong? Uh, there were wrong assumptions to be had on both sides of the aisle, probably even more so on the Democrat side of the aisle. But they'll, they'll, that question will never be answered to their liking. They'll always want to blame Trump because, well, he's Trump. And they have the media to do the question asking right. and the answer giving. Will Witt from PragerU had a very fascinating, um, or, or was it Crowder? I forget. But I think it was Will Witt. And he asked the question to these lefties, who identify themselves as lefties first. He said, um, is there – how many millions of people are you okay with in order to, to, of dying from this so long as you thought that that would help Trump get defeated in November? And, and most of them said millions and millions. Yeah, uh, everyone. There is no everyone. number – Yeah. Uh, there is no number that – they feel uncomfortable with uh, so long as it helps defeat Donald Trump in November. Yeah, it's, it's literally the uh, grains of sand on the beach, stars in the sky, and right. to all the tea in China yeah, the, just to beat Orange Man bad. <laughs> that's right. 
the war is not with the coronavirus. The war is with Trump. <laughs> yeah. Plain and simple. And they would, we, they just have to destroy this man. And then the question is, <clears throat> of course, you know, what, what are the, what's the alternative to Trump at this point, at least? And it turns out to be a man named Joe Biden who doesn't even know what day it is, let alone that he's even running for president as far as I'm concerned. Um, he, he just doesn't seem to be all there. And, and, and that is more and more apparent uh, with each passing day. Yeah, of course, that's only a problem for us conservatives. Right. Liberals seem just fine with that. Yeah, because fair. you know how, how um, <laughs> their entire ideology is currently based on the what do I identify as today? Yeah. Well, the great right. thing about Biden is you can superimpose a veneer template upon him each day of something else, and it all works, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Whatever. Well, so, th- so there are other questions as well, and uh, people are just not interested, and you can end up scratching your head. Saying, and, okay, so, so Gavin Newsom, for example, says, uh, I've got these six uh, conditions upon which, and I know there's five pillars later on, but there are six conditions upon which uh, I will agree to release the economy and to, re- you know, to allow it to go forth again. Uh, thank you, God. You know, thank you, Your Highness. You know, how can we please you, Your Highness? But anyway, you look at any, any one of these six conditions, and you know that none of them are possible. All of them are so broad and involve so much discretion uh, on his part, his majesty's part, that uh, <clears throat> if he chooses never to reopen the economy, it would be very easy to do so. Right. All six conditions are literally, by that I mean the words, met immediately. Yeah. But based on interpretation, they could also all never be met. Right. It's, it's feelings. And isn't it interesting? The point I wanted to make before the uh, sterilization thing, which is true, uh, is you were asking the, the initial brilliant question, well, we flatten the curve. Then what? Have you noticed? And this is the pattern that concerns me so much, is that flatten the curve was the original dictate goal, right. and it had a very specific, we must flatten the curve to prevent the healthcare system from being overloaded. So please, not you're being ordered, please help us flatten the curve. It's voluntary. Mm -hmm. Then as each day passes, the goal becomes more and more nebulous. The language becomes less specific and the goals become more unachievable. Right. Right. To the point right. where yesterday, our erstwhile mayor, I'm not going to talk about the five pillars of Islam, oh crap, I just did, (laughs) intimated that things might not open until 2021 or 2022. Two years? Okay, so... No, no, no. It, it, my point is, isn't it so convenient for those who wish to seize power to do as Stalin did and make the five-year plans ever more ephemeral? Well, okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. But look, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that he's keeping it largely vague so that he can always say that there is something... That needs to be met. And these six conditions, by the way, he makes them seem as if they're like the commandments from God. Uh, these six conditions can always change. I mean, the, the goalposts have already changed as, as it was from flattening the curve to making sure that nobody's ever infected. As long as there's not a single new case of infection, you know, that, that's when we'll, we'll be able to reopen the economy. Okay, well then, anyway, it's, it's too absurd. Here's the thing that Newsom has to deal with at the end of the day. Look, I have an expression that I tell to my clients, I tell to anybody uh, that is dealing with somebody that is um, either stealing money from them or is abusive to them, 
And I say the simple question, which is, when will people abuse you? And the answer is, when you let them. Okay? This is no different than what we have always known as Americans about power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, for one thing, but absolute power is, is enticing as well, right? I mean, you, you've got this notion that you have to uh, always be on guard when it comes to power. You have to check it. That's why we have our checks and balances. And when you give this much power to a governor and say, okay, it's up to you to decide whether or not we keep our, our, our friggin' economy open, uh, that's, that's a really a dangerous recipe for disaster. And we have to have some sort of check on that. Well, you might say, well, the, you know, the legislature is there in order to serve as a, as a check on the governor, just like the Congress and the Senate is a check on the power of the, of the presidency. Well, yes and no. In, in California's case, because we've, we basically have one-party rule, um, the entire legislature has become a yes man for Governor Newsom. And likewise with the courts in California, it's, it's a real challenge. So what does one do? Uh, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is that the people will simply not tolerate this. <clears throat> we, we now already have protests going around. And, and I, I'm so thankful in a way, ironically, to this Michigan governor. What's her name? Gretchen Hitler Whitmer. Whitmer, Okay. I don't know if Hitler is her middle name, but I'll, I'll go with that anyway. Oh, but, I'm sorry. It's Adolf. <clears throat> Adolf okay, that, Whitmer. I knew that you were not being accurate. Anyway, so I'm, I'm a little – ironically, I'm somewhat grateful to her because she went so far. She did such bizarre rule, um, uh, you know, restrictions. And you know, it's one thing when you're in a warm area like Los Angeles and you can sit at home, yes, but you can still take walks around and say hi to your neighbors from a 10-foot distance or whatever – it's another thing when you're in a cold place like Michigan and the weather sucks and it always reminds you of, you know, how you're unable to even go to a nice restaurant just to enjoy a, ca a cafe maybe or whatever. Uh, and she goes so far in her restrictions that people are now protesting, and that, and, which I think is a good, it's good news. They, she pushed them too much, just like the uh, British pushed the Americans too much. And now they're revolting, and they are uh, protesting, and she's having some tough times over there. But the good news for us is you might say, well, that's just Michigan, Barack. No. <clears throat> the fact that uh, people are doing it in Michigan is now giving fodder and encouragement to people outside of Michigan to do the same. To say, well, look, they're, they're allowed to do it, and it's, it's the right of assembly, the right of, of protest, Redress of grievances. Redress of grievances. And we're doing it totally uh, in a constitutional and protected way. And they're uh, social distancing, too. Yes, as it turns out. Some of them did it in cars. Okay, fine. but None of them shook hands. <clears throat> exactly right. They don't need to shake hands. I, I, I say, go for it, buddy. You know, go in, t in groups of 10. <laughs> and Because you're allowed to gather in groups of 10, as it turns out. So this pocket of 10, and they're, they're 10 feet away from this group of 10, and 10, and so forth. You can have a huge crowd based upon that sort of analysis, uh, that sort of uh, structure. And I think people are going to get fed up with this in a very big way um, in California and elsewhere. At some point, they're going to say, this really sucks. And it's, it was all good and well when you're talking about flattening the curve and you're trying to help out with the... And keeping it voluntary. You're trying to keep, it, keep 
that the hospital's, uh, you know, running and everything else. You feel like you're doing a, a public service. Great. You're doing your part. And then being told that you can't run your business at all. And you watch as your kids uh, really suffer in the process. They're, they're start, they start to get frightened. Um, you, you watch as nanny uh, begins to have less and less food. You begin to watch as your uh, son is uh, suffering from depression uh, and he's got either schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or whatever and he can't get his medications and he can't, he's not allowed to go outside and, and, and he doesn't have a sense of purpose. It's a very, it's a very uh, challenging thing all of a sudden. You're, or you're, you're, you're pushing people too far. And if you push people too far, there is a point which, you know, after which they say, you know what, F the masks, F telling me not to go to business, I'm opening up my store, and people want to come, they can come. If they don't want to come, they don't have to come. Yeah, okay? or simpler, just not letting kids go to school and be with their friends or have play dates. Yep. I mean, kids <clears throat> need that. Yep. The exactly. damage being done to these children is unbelievable. And these are the same idiots who've been telling us all these years, be careful about screen time. Don't give them too much screen yes, time. Yeah, good point. Now, right, now, sudden, now they're on Zoom everything. sessions eight hours a day. Right. It's I mean, awful. it's unbelievable. It's and it's not, it's not serious either. And when you have your... your and plus and, kids are... Hold, hold, hold on. Let me, let me finish. You have... I, you're, you're very passionate about this, but you got to let me finish. The, the point is you can be in your room, a kid's room, and you have the Zoom thing going on. Okay. But what if you... You know, we have the benefit, you and I, Ari, of having enough rooms in the house where you don't have to share a room with, with one of your siblings. And so they can go into their own room and do the Zoom thing, fine. Uh, which is, I think, distracting anyway because you've got your toys all over the place. And, and it's, it, you, a child needs a separation between their play and their studies. That's, that's basic. But what, what about the more typical scenario where you have some more poor kids from poor families where they have to share a room, sometimes three people in a room at the same time? Um, and And... And they have only a, a living room with the kitchen nearby. Uh, yeah, they may have a computer, but it's just awful. I mean, and, and then they're in an apartment. They can't come downstairs. They, or if they do, they consider themselves a, a tremendous risk. It's, it's just going to be so awful, the, the impact of this. But nobody thinks about that. And I, I'm so appreciative, Ari, that you po pointed out uh, about the playdate thing. Kids need to have playdates, uh, especially those kids who might be only children, right? And or... What if you, you, what if you're a sibling and now it's only one other sibling, you know, usually, and you just don't like your sibling, right? You're supposed to hang out with the they sibling. They all hate their hate. siblings. Yes, exactly right. They and, and what if the sibling is four years older and has is is a, the the other gender and has a different interest in everything and they don't like to play the games that you like to play, right? So you need somebody that that is of your age, uh, of your gender and has the same interests. That's that's basic. And this is how you grow together. Anyway, it's 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 yeah, not the, it's not it's not the only problem that's going on socially. Uh, there are so many other problems, such as Alcoholics Anonymous. You need to be with other people. There's a church aspect of it as well. Big problems associated with all this. Look, uh, I want to wrap this up because I got a big big point to make. Um, not surprisingly, this coronavirus has ended up dividing along political lines. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have thunk it, but there we are. No, that doesn't right. happen these days. <laughs> Everything seems to be politicized. Everything, including, you know, sports as, uh, you know, before the coronavirus and otherwise. But the handling of this 
ends up being politicized. And then the way we look at it in terms of how do we deal with it uh, and what is the death rate and, you know, how many Grammys do you want to kill today? And so on. I literally got a couple of tweets to that effect. And because I'm telling them, I, I, I think that we're going about this in a destructive way. And the answer, the reply is, how many grammars are you willing uh, to, to die, you know, are you willing to live with? Yeah, the same number you of babies you abort every day. How about that? Ooh, I like that. I know. I'm, but those, those don't count because, you know, I know it's, just, a, it's a finger just mosquitoes. Yeah. All right. So uh, getting back to the point is, you know, it's not just the political divide. <laughs> it's not just that. There's also... I'm really sorry I have to interrupt you. I just thought of it. When they why, say, why, why stop on, now? When they say how <laughs> many grannies do you want to kill today, just tell them, what do you mean? It's just a clump of cells. Yes, yes, okay. You want me to say that's brilliant? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you made your is. point before already. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Can you let me move on? No, seriously, I just want to end it with this. Go ahead. Uh, the point is that it's not just a political divide. It's a philosophical divide at the end of the day. And... I actually think it's it's not conservative liberal, although there's definitely an element to that because they want to they want to make sure that that Trump does not get reelected, and this is this is their opportunity. They tried the Russian collusion thing, they tried the Kavanaugh thing, they tried the um, the sexual Ukraine. harassment stuff. Yeah. They talked about the Ukrainian thing, uh, the impeachment thing that goes along with it. Uh, none of those worked, and so now we need something massive. You know, you got to keep on going to the next level. Because, you know, it's like a video game for them. You know, well, you know, I didn't succeed here. Let's, let's go on to the next level. Yeah, if, you, if the Democrat Party just nominated Kamala Harris, we wouldn't have had to do this. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and I suppose the person playing the video game is Donald Trump because he has to the, – the, the, the ultimate end of the game is to get reelected, right? So, you know, he, he has to go to the first level, which is the Russian collusion. Okay. He easily beats that. Okay. Next level. You know, Kavanaugh and um, – what's his name? Stormy, Stormy Daniels, Right. That's an easy win as well. Okay, your next level is the impeachment crisis. Okay, you're going to have to go through that with the Ukrainian thing. Okay, he, he, it's a little tougher, but yeah. he gets through it. Okay, and now, and now the, the day ulti- that ends, right? Yeah, the day that ends, <laughs> literally the day that ends, and there's some overlap actually. Then they say, okay, now we're ultimate at level twelve. You know, they they skip from level five to level twelve because this is a serious one, and they throw the coronavirus blame. That's that's the that's the level that they're taking them. And he's playing this game, this this level of the game, very well. Uh, I think he's playing it very accurately, and so forth. But anyway, so that's that's the political divide. But there's also a strong correlation in a different way. I have seen, and I believe that there is almost a hundred percent correlation between those uh, who have no faith in God or very little faith, very little involvement of God in their lives, and their fear of this coronavirus situation, the way they react to it, that the world is coming to an end. Uh, they, they suddenly uh, now are totally into this, and they're the ones who say that we all have to do everything possible to stop this virus from spreading, and you're irresponsible if you keep your business open, you're irresponsible if you don't have a mask, you're, you're, you are, you're, uh, you're cruel if you want to move forward with the reopening of the economy, these people, almost to a person, uh, have very little God in their lives. Very little. I don't think they have that much. But <laughs> okay, yeah, well, good point. I, I, I'm, I'm allowing for the possibility of very little, if any, God in their <laughs> lives, right? So, and so, so what's going on here? Because th- this for them, they move from global warming. These same people don't talk about global warming now. 
They will. They'll look at that too when, when it all comes yeah, back. Yeah, they'll pivot when yeah. they're told to pivot. But the reason why they pivot is because it's, it's, it's like it's look at the monkey, look at the monkey. They, they, they need a purpose in their lives. And this gives them this galvanizing moment of purpose, right? They don't have God in their lives. And if they did have God in their lives like you and I do, we would have perspective about this. Not just that God is in charge, which is, which is true, but also the sense of like, what's, what do we really have to fear? You know, when, when God is in your life, you understand the destructive power of fear, for example. That, that fear is an insult to God. Uh, there's a lot, and, and God also expects us to use math and to use logic. He's given that to us as a gift. And we have to understand that there are risks in life. And for a lot of these people, because they don't believe in God, that God, God is nowhere in their lives, death is, is such a horrific thing to, to consider. You're, you're kind of done with that. You know, but they still After need you to get rid of all of it. Yeah. yeah. Now, now what do they do? Right. I mean, well, it's like, obviously, we have to create some more racism and corruption. Right. So we have a purpose. There you go. So, and that's that's my that's what I think is going on here is that it once once the coronavirus uh, situation is indeed handled and it's no longer an issue, whether it's a vaccination or otherwise. I don't want to get into the vaccination or issue. Or if it just disappears because the summer comes. Because you know. the summer comes. Or, or that there's no real prospect of a future fall. They will still try to find a way. Like, uh, I still have all this energy. I, I, you know, I don't want to just, you know, forget this and decide that there's not. This gave me life. This gave me purpose. And so it's, it's strange when you're dealing with a, an increasingly atheist society. How do you, you know, how, how do they um, go on with their lives after all this, right? I mean, it, you're taking away their very sense of purpose all of a sudden. It's going to be interesting. But that I see as the major distinction. It, yes, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, there's a, divide, there's a dividing line going on there for sure. But to me, the dividing line is much stronger between those who have faith and those who do not have faith. That's where we stand. Oh, my friends, things are changing. Right now, we are way past... We're now past the, the flattening of the curve point. We are on the other side of the hill, as it were, and uh, big things are going to start happening. I do predict, and I predict, I predicted that things would start turning around in early April. It is now the middle of April, so I'm off by a week or so, but things are definitely turning around. I have no doubt about that. And despite Gavin Newsom's uh, and many other governors' efforts to keep the economy closed, I think he's going to have no choice at the end of the day but to, to open it because the galvanizing of people to, to fight back um, is too strong. Yeah, and people are just going to They won't tolerate it. They, they will go to work and they won't even necessarily be protests. They're just going to do it and they'll say, you know what, F you. Uh, you want to arrest me, you're going to have to arrest all these other people as well. Yes. Okay, it's just not going to work. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening and we'll talk with you next week. Bye.